This is Wildcat Country. It's only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A athletics. Welcome to another edition of Wildcat Country, Eric Cohen and Shane Dale. And finally, as we record this on Wednesday, June 8th, it's fair to say that the entire seasons of all Arizona Wildcat sports teams have finally ended. It was the early part of June. We made it, Shane, from what, uh, late August? From last August, talking football training camp, now into June with active sports. And finally, it's ended. And it's kind of a weird feeling that now we don't really have anything to talk about uh, as far as far as like things actually being played for at least two months. Kind of wild, right? Yeah, the fall season began with the football team losing uh, to BYU and the and the 2021-22 season ended with a an Arizona baseball was it the baseball team lost to Old Miss before? Uh, yeah, they the lost twice to Old Miss. Out. Yeah, 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 yeah. For the softball team. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. Yeah. So uh, yeah, a lot and, and a lot and a lot of crap in between. Both good and bad. Good crap. And yeah. Bad. <laughs> well, Shane, we last year was kind of different because I know the season was a little later because I think college baseball was pushed back a little yeah, bit. Everything, everything was out of whack last year. But then you also had the Jay Johnson thing with Chip Hale. So we really didn't have an off season. No, no, not at all. Yeah. A lot of coaching. I mean, co- the coaching change, not only the coaching changes, but so many great postseason runs, you know, the men's basketball right. team wasn't eligible, but the women's basketball team. And I still can't believe that they came inches away, literally from winning a national championship. It's just right. that whole thing is still surreal to me, but that happened. Baseball team goes to the college world series. Softball team goes to the college world series. Uh, and then on top of that, we got all the different coaching changes. Every all the I guess you call it consider the major sports, except for women's basketball. And and it was, you know, and, and the the uh, the the athletic department did everything it could to make sure that that Didier Barnes didn't go anywhere. So well, which is good. And it, you know, it's weird because since we started this show, I think this is episode like 106 or something like that. Some, some thereabouts, yes. 106, 107. We we really haven't had a, a lot of off time. There's always been something going on. So. Yeah. We've got about, I don't know, maybe eight weeks worth of, you know, we'll do some kind of random guests, maybe revisit a few football games uh, this week, uh, old football games that we'll talk about with, with some uh, some guests, which, you know, I always love to do. Yeah. Uh, and we'll preview what's what's coming up in the fall. This week's show, uh, awesome to have our buddy Bruce Pasco from the Arizona Daily Star, who's their ace college basketball reporter going to or Arizona Wildcats college basketball reporter going to join us to give us some feedback and and just kind of a preview as to what we should expect from the men's team and hopefully so, alleviate uh, some of your fears about the lack of transfers and you know Dale and Terry yes. leaving and, and, and I mean Bruce he he's he's impartial he's an impartialist he come, does a great job and he'll he'll shoot us straight about the the situation and uh and, and maybe we'll learn more about that. And uh, if the CIRP decision is ever going to come down and when that might be, and you know, that that's been going on for what, five plus years now. So it, it just never wants to end. It'll nope. be weird when we, when we're like past it and we don't know, like we're not worried about sanctions or what's going to happen next. It's like, wow, we'll be done, but we'll get to that. We'll find out what the timing mm-hmm. is. Maybe Bruce has some insight on that, but before we do that, let's get to our 
typical beginning part of our show, which is buy or sell, presented by our friends at Ice Shaker. So Shane and I have our ice shakers. Uh, if you can see mine, which kind of fades. If you're yeah, yours fades away, and mine makes my screen go dark. Yeah, it's it's very strange. Anyways, these these ice shakers are awesome. They're great Father's Day gifts. Check them out. IceShaker.com for five dollars off. Use promo code Wildcat Country, capital W, capital C. And as I said, these are awesome Father's Day gifts. Whether you want to get your dad a Wildcat Country one or any other kind of ice shaker, these things are absolutely legit. So you know my favorite my favorite part of it, Eric, is you look, you you just you hold one of these and you just look and feel smarter. You know, I, I do. And that's rare for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. It helps with your you should hold this in your hand whenever you're making your gambling picks. Yeah. Well, then I don't want to jinx the uh, I, don't, I don't want this to then become a losing thing because I don't think anything can help me with my. Picks. There is the Wildcat Country curse, but it does not extend to the ice shaker. I assure No, for, fortunately not. All right. Buy or sell presented by Ice Shaker. Number one, Shane, buy or sell Arizona softball in 2023. Uh, buying it. Buying it absolutely. Uh, okay, I there's so much hitting coming back, including our guest Ellie Skaggs from last week's fantastic guest, uh, kind enough to join us uh, from Oklahoma City. Uh, and and by the way, just to recap that because we haven't touched on it yet, the softball team I thought did a, a heck of a job in Oklahoma City. I yeah, know you didn't pick them to win a game. They did win. I one. did not. No, they did they win did one. Win they beat one. Oregon yep. State. They yep. proved they belong. They they yep. took Oklahoma State mm-hmm. to to the wire. They they yep. led in the sixth inning. Uh, and then they, they fell they lost in a close game to uh, to Texas, which is battling as we speak now in the uh, in the championship series. So very proud of what they did. Uh, I, Caitlin Lowe's got the team in the right direction and uh, lot, so much great hitting coming back. A lot of underclassmen who are going to going to return uh, pitching. We, we lose Hannah Bowen. Uh, Devin Nets will return. Uh, Maddie Ellish was the, the basically their third pitcher this season. We didn't see a lot of her. I'm sure we'll see more. But you, you add another solid pitcher to this team. Yeah. And I think they, they could contend for the Pac-12 or, you know, at least be toward the top of the Pac-12 again and have a much better regular season and and be and maybe even be able to host a, a regional and even a super regional uh, next year. I think absolutely I'm buying them for 2023. Yeah, I, I am too, Shane. I mean, I think based on what you saw, a team like this that gets hot towards the end of the year, which, which the Wildcats did, even in the regular season, they went on to win – uh, the regionals, the super regionals made it to uh, Oklahoma City, won a game there. Um, unfortunately, fell short. Didn't uh, get run ruled close games. No, you know, no, they, were, they, 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 they sure they belong there. Yeah, they played three games and they definitely show that they belong. So, I, I mean, they have to be a buy right now. Um, the future seems bright and Caitlin did a great job. And, you know, to get that national exposure on ESPN for three games with this team, which, you know, we, a few months ago, we wouldn't even talk about it. Like we just didn't think they were anything worth talking about. And they were arguably, they were the most successful team uh, as far as how far they went, uh, Arizona had all year. So it's kind of crazy how that works. Uh, lesson learned. We will not doubt Caitlin Lowe anymore. And anyone. Hey, hey uh, I didn't go Caitlin Lowe. No, and I didn't either. But you're, anyone, just, you're just saying that you didn't pick them in the super regionals. I, I did. I didn't pick them to win a game anywhere. That's I mean, it. let's be honest. Uh, and I, I, those people who doubted those message board warriors and Twitter warriors yeah. who doubted Caitlin Lowe and, and questioned her job security. How do you feel now? I mean, you know, I sure the hell didn't do that. Yeah. Well, and uh, agreed, agreed. And that was ridiculous. But I will say that even if Arizona hadn't made that run of the college world series, I'd be saying the same thing. You, you need to give Caitlin Lowe time. And it's, it's, it, my country is a tough act to follow. Just like, 
like Lou Dolson was a tough act to follow. So it, it, it'll take a while, but I think that certainly this run in the postseason will, if nothing else will help recruiting transfer portal. And I think Arizona, even without that is primed to, to be a very good hitting team. There may yeah. be one very solid pitcher away from, from, getting back to the college world series again next year and, and going even further possible. Well, you, you would think the Wildcats would be a preseason top 10 team based on what we saw this year. Yeah. I don't know. There's a I would 20, think so. top 25 for sure. Top 10. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they were the, they were what the, they ended up the fifth or sixth bets team based on yeah. when it's all said. So this is a top 10 team. Change. Well, I'm not going to pretend like I know the ins and outs of every other side. I'm not either, but I'm not, but, but yeah, yeah, top, top 25. I don't know about top 10. We'll see. Top 10. Just mark that down. Okay. okay. Uh, number two, uh, buy or sell the Arizona baseball team in 2023. Now this team won uh, one game, or excuse me, they won two games in the Miami regional, knocked off a top 10 team in Miami and knocked them out, but just got, got whacked by Ole Miss. Um, the first game was close. It was a three run game. And then the second game was like a 17 run game. It wasn't very good. Uh, so are you buying or selling Chip Hale's team in 2023? Uh, I wish there was a hold option. I wish, I wish this was buy, sell, or hold. Because I'm just not sure yet. I put it this way. I, I, I'm going to buy Chip Hale in the long run because I think okay. he absolutely loves his job. And I, I think that he's going to, he's already a great ambassador for the university yeah. of Arizona. He's got a good coaching staff. As far as next year, will they get back to the, to the regionals or, or go even further? I'm going to sell the idea that they're going to go further. I think it's going to take at least another year. I, I think every coach realistically needs at least three years, probably sometimes more to yeah. really turn, turn a program around and make it their own. And, and Chip Hale inherited some good pieces, but he lost some as well. And he's losing Daniel Susak and, and some other talented people. So uh, it, I don't think they're going to be a contender right away. I, I think maybe a year three, year four, I, I would expect put it this way by year three, I would like to see Arizona at least back in the super regionals. Yeah, I, think I would agree have, with that. I think they have enough pedigree historically. And you know, something we talked about, and I even mentioned it with Jay Johnson when he was here. By the way, LSU's yeah. out of, of regionals as well. And that's a shame. You can't be upset about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, yeah. but we had good great chats with Jay Johnson. But uh, we, we did, did talk, we did talk about the fact that you know, Arizona, I feel like they're not perceived as a powerhouse blue blood baseball program, even though statistically you look at their college world series champions right, sure, yeah. and all their trips there. They mm -hmm. are, they historically have been one of the most dominant team teams yeah. in baseball, but I don't know if they're perceived that way nationally. And so I think it's going to take a little while uh, for Chip Hale to come in, especially as a guy who hasn't coached college baseball before until this past year to come in and, and really turn the program the way he wants, get the pitching, get the hitting, get the, the defense is already there, but the hitting and the pitching, uh, it's going to take a little bit of time. So year two, I'm going to sell it long-term. I'm still, I'm, I am still all in on Chappelle. I'm going to sell it as well. Uh, I think the goal would be just get back to the postseason again next year. Yeah. Um, we, we just don't know much about um, who's coming in and whatnot, but the fact is when you lose a first round draft pick in Daniel Susak, I mean, you obviously are not going to be the same. Um, maybe the pitching gets better. Uh, that was kind of what held Arizona back this year. I mean, I don't think bats uh, Arizona's ability to score runs has really hurt the Wildcats of late, but uh, the pitching certainly has. So yeah. unless that improves, I think the, the ceiling is, Hey, make the, make the tournament just like they did this year. I think we could, we wouldn't be too upset with that. Uh, I mean, remember Shane, Jay Johnson's second year, they made it to the national championship game, national championship series, last game chance to win. So, I mean, maybe there's lightning in a bottle, but uh, in all likelihood, Probably not going to happen for Chip Hale's team next year. 
Uh, number three in buy or sell. Uh, buy or sell, Shane, Tommy Lloyd and the transfer portal. Not, not the international portal, the transfer portal. Got to sell it at this point. I mean, I, I, I'm still hopeful that and confident that he'll land a couple of uh, strong transfers. And, and I think that it's getting late in the game for sure. And, and so I'm a little more concerned than I was a few weeks ago. And, and you were ahead, in the, ahead of the curve there, I guess, Eric, because you were panicking uh, yep. way back mm-hmm. in, in, in early yep. May. Uh, they do have a couple of, of transfers still. In the, in the realm of possibility uh, yep. to join. And we'll talk with Bruce Pascoe about them. So we'll wait and see, but certainly got to sell at this point. You know, he's added a couple of great players from Europe um, and they have, they have the incoming uh, freshman, Dylan Anderson. But beyond that, you know, th- there aren't anyone, any enough guys to replace uh, what certainly any come anywhere close to replace what Arizona's lost. Even though they add the best remaining transfers on the market, they're not going to replace that. But he, he hasn't landed a, a transfer yet. So oh. at least a national one. So, uh, and I guess that national is the only kind of transfer they have, but so, yeah, I'm, I would, I have to sell it at this point. Yeah. It's a massive sell for me. Uh, I'm disappointed and I'm not, I'm not down on Tommy Lloyd at all, but Tommy Lloyd needs to learn from Jed fish, how to work the transfer portal. Uh, simple as that, because uh, you know, this is a national program. This was a number one seed in the tournament. You should be able to get, players to come to Arizona, regardless of impending sanctions or whatnot. Yeah. Odds are when we'll ask Bruce Pascoe about this, whether they will affect the NCAA tournament eligibility going forward. I would doubt that. Um, I, there's no excuse for not being able, you were, you were a top three team, Shane, top two team going into the tournament and you can't land transfers. You're losing them to everywhere. I mean, come on. Here's, here's what the only thing I'll say, Eric, is that I think the Dale and Terry situation put him in a tight spot because I think that, th- that, if Dale and Terry had declared outright for the NBA draft a couple of months ago, I bet you they would have landed a strong transfer to replace, essentially replace him. They would have had that person, but that person in an alternate reality, that's what happened. But in this reality, that person looked and said, I don't know what Dale and Terry is going to do. He might come back. I might not, he might take all my playing time. If I go to Arizona, so I'm going to go commit or transfer to this school instead. So I think that put him in a tight spot. Now that was just one guy. So I'm not blaming the whole if process. You're, if that, you're going I think that's for a big deal. Yeah, it is. Okay, fine. If you're going for small forwards or two guards, whatnot, where's your backup point guard? I mean, Adama Ball is the guy, then then Adama Ball's the guy, and you don't need to recruit one. I, I There should be another guard on this roster, and there's not. And uh, that doesn't have Dale and Terry. Dale and Terry's a small forward. So I, I understand your logic there. I'm just not going to buy it. Uh, I'm disappointed. And That's I fine. hope Tommy Lloyd proves me wrong. But at this point, I'm, I'm disappointed. Okay. Uh, number four, uh, buy or sell Jed Fish's recruiting prowess, especially after he apparently landed seven commits uh, after a camp this past weekend. That's the easiest buy of the whole thing, isn't it? I mean, we, I, it's interesting because I feel like Arizona got off to a great start recruiting last year with Jed Fish and, yeah. and, during, and during last season. And I think that really had very little to do, to, to do with the NIL situation. And now that's heating up and that's become like, like the, if not the number one recruiting tool, it's certainly up there. So that changes sure. the game. So, so what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that they did a great, they were doing a great job recruiting, but even as they were getting going, the landscape changed and they had to yeah. adjust to that. And it seems mm-hmm. like they've adjusted just fine. Uh, so it, it, you still have, I still think it's still a big deal for a lot of, uh, student athletes to want to go to a place where they're going to be able to play for 
for guys who have NFL experience, both at the, at the player and coaching level, and will help them get to that next level. I still think that maybe that probably outweighs NIL stuff because the NFL is much longer term than that. And who knows how long this NIL thing is going to last anyway in its current form, but absolutely love what he's done to, to, to yeah. have. Uh, I think Matt Moreno, our friend, Matt Moreno uh, at rivals pointed out that uh, after the last series of commits there at uh, Arizona's at number 32 nationally for 2023. And that's after being, uh, was a top 25 for 2022. Yeah, 22nd. 22nd yeah, I believe. now. Yeah. yeah, 22nd and 32nd. I mean, uh, and obviously those are going to change, but if you think about it, if Arizona, say Arizona has the number 22, uh, number 22 national class for 2022 and the number 32 recruiting class nationally the following year, how big a step forward is that for Arizona? Add to the fact that if they start winning football games on top of that, that's only going to help. And they're doing that without with having – Jeff Fish is doing that with one non-interim head coaching win on his resume. Yeah. Period. So uh, fantastic, brilliant job. I mean, I can't yeah, say enough. About brilliant. It. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what he's doing is, is remarkable. You know, somebody said to me the other day, Shane, well, why should you be getting excited over three-star recruits? They've won one game since 2019. Uh, Kevin Sumlin left this program a dumpster fire. And now you've got players who were excited to come to Arizona. You know, I so, tweeted, yeah, yeah. I, I tweeted last week, last week, Eric, and I, and I, off the top of my head, I don't remember who the who the uh, recruit is, but he listed his top four, his top four schools, or, uh, yeah, or is I it, remember that, or is it top four? Or is it four official visits coming up? Yeah, USC, yeah. Alabama, Georgia, and Arizona. Yeah, remember, Arizona should never be in that. Mix, remember the ever. Sesame Street game? One of these things is not like the other. Yeah, right. That's Arizona, and even and we're probably not going to land that recruit. Okay, but just to have Arizona in that discussion with those schools, like Arizona is now being chosen ahead of schools, football programs that are frankly better than them. It's uh, remarkable. As, a, as, a, as opposed to Arizona being, you know, the, the, the choice of guys who had other, you know, offers to, you know, Toledo and central Michigan and a couple of other, you know, uh, uh, non-power five schools, like where Arizona was their number one, like their only power yeah. five offer. That landscape has completely changed. It's truly remarkable. What Jed's doing has been great. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for encouragement. And Shane and I, in the coming weeks, will break down some of these new recruits that have committed. We didn't want to get into it on this week's show, but uh, we will do that going forward. It's so, just about uh, football look, season, isn't it? We're getting closer. We've got a couple months away. And we no, have but a lot I mean, of, you know, it's like the spring, spring, the spring sports are over, you know? It's yeah, I mean, I guess that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So I assume we'll be talking a lot of football, uh, as oh, yes. I mentioned at the top of the show. All right, bonus uh, – Question, you know, Shane, I love this uh, this guy, Big Game Boomer, on Twitter. Uh, I, we have gone over his uh, some of his uh, selections, and he does these lists and everything. He did his bowl projections uh, the other day, and uh, I tweeted this out. I couldn't believe it. Uh, it was uh, it said that uh, he had Arizona playing Fresno State in the Jimmy Kimmel Los Angeles Bowl. Um, I mean, I was stunned to see Arizona on the list. So uh, the bonus buy or sell question for you, Shane, is. Are you buying more now that uh, Arizona has a chance to make a bowl game this year, or are you still completely 100% selling that notion of them playing in the postseason? Buying more now compared to where we were six months ago at the end of last season. I'll, I'll buy it more now. Yeah. Cause they've added a lot, uh, a lot of, a lot more talent since then. They yeah. have nothing else. They have a, a actual, you know, power five uh, started quarterback. Yeah, the looks of it and you know adding a bunch of top recruits including t-mac and the wide receiver room like we talked about a bunch of times is going to be stacked um you know we'll see how they do on defense with the 
Don Brown gone, but yeah, I'll buy it more now. Do I think they're going to make it to a bowl game? Uh, I think if they were playing last year's schedule, I think they could absolutely get there. But like we talked about, the schedule is it's it's, it's rough, tough to say the least. Yeah. So I think they could be twice as good as they were last year, and maybe win four or five. Games. Oh, they're gonna be more than that. They're gonna be. They are. This team is light years better talent wise than it was last season. The key, as far as I'm concerned, if you can get through the non conference games, San Diego at San Diego State, home Mississippi State, home North Dakota State, and you're two and one. I mean, I know that's a pipe dream at this point, but let's say that happens. Let's say that happens. Then you're looking at, okay, we can probably find four Pac-12 wins at that point to get them there. I think the ceiling for Arizona in the regular season is probably six wins. But you look at Colorado and ASU at home. I mean, maybe you upset, probably not USC or Oregon, but, you know, can you pull an upset on the road of a, you know, a Cal maybe uh, who you beat last year so? You know, we'll we'll take it game by game. At this point, I still think four wins would be my probable, you know, uh, projection at this point. But you never know. So just wanted to point that out. All right. Let's talk a little basketball with Bruce Pascoe. Uh, maybe he can uh, give us some words of encouragement. Or maybe he's going to be kind of the guy that puts us in our place and says, yeah, you know, we do have a reason for some disappointment. We'll find out here on Wildcat Country. We sent you an ice shaker. Um, they are a sponsor, uh, courtesy of our buddy Chris Gronkowski. Uh, you have it oh, right there. I love my ice shaker. Fun fact, when I was, I trained with Glenn Gronkowski. Everybody, when we were trained together, people thought I was, I was the other Gronk brother. So it's kind of funny. But yes, I love my ice shaker. It is very good. I use it every day. I am a, I am a veteran to the ice shaker game, by the way. What's up, Wildcat Country? Chris Gronkowski here. Use coupon code WildcatCountry at iShaker.com. Shane, always glad to have one of our favorite guests, Bruce Pascoe, who tells it like it is. The ace reporter from the Arizona Daily Star who covers the men's basketball team. Bruce, I'm going to I'm gonna get right to it because I'm just, every week I tell Shane, I'm just dismayed. The roster going forward, right. I'm just, it's, I, I, I like the European flavor, don't get me wrong, but it just lost a lot losing Dalen Terry. Like, give me some reasons for positivity now uh, in this next season and tell me it's not a rebuilding year. Well, you know, it's one, it's one of these things. It's funny you say that because it's one of these things where if you, you know, if you're one of those fans who just watches them through the tournament and picks it up again at the Red Blue game, you're fine. That's maybe the place you want to be right now because right now is a really bad time you know, not, not terrible, but they've had a bad week. Yeah. Starting with Dale and Terry losing him. And they, they thought they knew that was possible, but not really. And then, you know, or they were hoping they would keep him. And then, uh, you know, um, you know, they had a visitor come in over the weekend and Keon Brooks, and then he commits to Washington a day after he finishes the trip, you know, and he was leaning towards that, but that still doesn't, that's not great. You know, there, but, but I think to answer your question, I think, there are, um, you know, and, and then Azulis Tabellis, uh, you know, comes out that he's had a wrist injury, maybe right. even last season. We don't know, you know, and, and that that's not great. So just a lot of little tough hits at the time. But to answer your question, I think, you know, um, y- y- there's still there's still time. I mean, they're still they're still in on a, two really good transfers and, and, a, and a few others that, that could help them. And if they can get at least one, it, it, probably two is what they would like you know, then they've got a team, you know, and, and, you know, and, and the other thing to really think positively, if you're a fan is, 
at this time last year, we weren't thinking they were going to be all that good anyway. And then look what happened. And so maybe maybe they'll exceed expectations again. If anything, this kind of resets their expectations because they were they were, you know, they were going to be if they kept Dan and Terry, they might have been preseason top 10 again. And everybody be talking about Tommy Lloyd and number one seed and all this stuff. Now it's going to be kind of like, OK, well, you know, we'll, we'll just see. And that, that takes a lot of pressure off. And I think in a way that's that can be a good thing. So, Bruce, you alluded to uh, some transfers that uh, are, that Arizona is in play for. Can you talk about uh, the ones that they're most likely to to land? Or, you know, either maybe they're fifty fifty four, or at least in the mix for at this point. Yeah, I think I think uh, probably you know I, we don't know a lot about Courtney Ramey, the the guard from Texas, but I think he's the one they probably need the most because he can play. Uh, both guard spots and they, they kind of need another really good uh, ball handler, uh, you know, veteran guy to, to take that Justin Kyer role and maybe even, you know, maybe even do it on a higher level where he could start and then move over a, 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 in reserve to help, to help uh, Kirk Kreese at the point that, that, that could be, he's apparently down to West Virginia and Arizona right now. So there's that. And then I think, you know, they had a, a player in Cedric Henderson, which kind of popped up on the radar. Just he just came into town literally uh, this week. He, he's been on campus visiting and um, he's the son of an NBA player, you know, got some credentials, played pretty well against Duke, I believe, uh, and NC State. And, and he's got some other high majors looking at him. So even though he comes from a small conference, uh, you know, he's a guy that's uh, a veteran guy that, you know, ha- has had some respect that they're looking at um you know maybe could you know definitely could help them a little bit too and you know i think they're you know they it's puzzling to me that effie abagidi the the big guy out of washington state they're looking for um you know he there's there's talk that he's maybe going to sign with the g league or something and he may be off the board but you know he, he hasn't really said what what's going on there so that's still a possibility as well um you know i think there's just yeah, just kind of a lot of things in the, in the fire right now. And here we are talking, uh, you know, and in, in, in early June here. And, you know, we could we could see some answers here pretty soon, I think, you know, within a week or two. Yeah, with, with our luck right after we record this uh, this interview. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> t- tell me about the because uh, we've got opinions from others. I want to get yours, Bruce, on the, on the, uh, the European guys they've added um, to this roster for next season. What are your thoughts on them? Could, could, the, could either of them be potentially a starter next season, depending on how the rest of the roster shakes out, obviously? Well, you know, uh, Philip Borovich can, can, I guess pronunciation better on that, but, uh, the, you and you and everyone else. Yeah. I think he's a, you know, more of a a longer term guy, but he's apparently really confident, really one of these energy guys loves the game, studies the game. Um, you know, he might be able to help him a little bit. Um, you know, and then I, I think, uh, Henry V say, I mean, the, the big guy from, Estonia probably helps him more. I mean, he might even have a chance to start at the five right away. You know, he's going to, he could give Umar Balo a run for it. I think, I think, you know, at the end of the day, they'll, you know, Balo has been with Tommy Lloyd so long and knows so much and obviously played better as last season went on. He's got to be considered the starter, but I think uh, he'll, I think the, uh, they'll get some help from Bisar as well in, in that area too. And then of course, they've also got Dylan Anderson uh, you know, with some skills and upside, you know, long term, maybe he can help him a little bit in, in spots right away. So I think that, you know, the up, the good the good part is for Arizona, they they've got some pretty good players up front. And then assuming assuming Tubelis comes, you know, and gets that risk taken care of. And I think that's the reason why he's not going to play for Lithuania this summer is just to make sure he's OK. Uh, you know, he should be looking at another all league season. 
and uh, you know can re- be a really factor there. And then in a, and if they can get another wing or two, then they then they have the option of you know maybe having a you know kind of a a smaller lineup where they can they can you know if if Zoo is on the bench, maybe go with with four you know four perimeter guys at times and, and uh, you know have some depth and versatility that way. So. You know, I, I, you know, I think that those two, I think those two guys can help to, to answer that. And then, but I think, uh, you know, I think really Adama Ball is probably, you know, as key as anybody because the way he played in just those brief spurts we saw late last season and now without Dale and Terry and Ben Matherin on the wing, he's going to, you know, he's going to have quite an opportunity to either start or play a lot of minutes. And, you know, we'll see, we've just seen little bits and pieces of him and, uh, you know, it's going to be a whole different experience this year. And, you know, at least from what we saw, it's pretty promising. I think he could be a really good player. It's just a matter of, you know, whether it's going to be two, three years until he really becomes that guy, it looks like. Uh, Bruce, how surprised are you that both Coloco and Dalen Terry ended up going to the NBA? Well, it's all, you know, it. I mean, it, I guess it just goes back to when did, when do you, when do we talk about that question? Because, you know, back in November, even though he played so well at the beginning of the year and, and uh, uh, you know, got that MVP in Vegas back in November, you know, I was still thinking, well, he's still got a ways to go, um, you know, offensively, particularly. I didn't see some of the things defensively as the year went on, how versatile he was and the way he could handle switching and things he did um, just on both sides of the ball, really. And, and so I think as the season went on, it, it appeared that he would, at least test it. And then right after the season, I started hearing, no, he's going to go. And, and I think that was a concern. The staff uh, was not happy about that, but that's, that's life. I mean, the, the upside is they, they develop a, you know, if he turns into a first round or a high second round pick, then, you know, that's something to sell the uh, recruits on if you're, if you're producing guys like that. Um, but I think, to, you know, to answer that question, I think, yeah, I guess, I guess, you know, if I went back to middle last season, I would say, I would have guessed that Terry and Coloco would test it and then they would probably come back and Ben Matherin, we all knew he was gone. And, and of course he is. Um, but, you know, but the way it played out, you know, those guys had so much success and, and uh, nowadays the money is so good for even second round picks that uh, guys are, and there's, and there's more developmental opportunities on the, on the bench in the NBA. I mean, their staffs are bigger. The, 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 the G league connections are pretty tight with most clubs. So even if you're a guy like Dale and Terry, you know, you might need a year or two of development, maybe going back and forth to G League and NBA, but um, you know he can make a lot of money just just doing that. If even if he's on a two way contract, if he doesn't go in the first round, he can make five hundred. So like you know that's that's also kind of explain why it goes. But uh, you know I wouldn't have thought they would stay, but I think what happened with Christian Coloco was he just had that season that really kind of blew up, and and I think he's an older guy being a junior. I think he felt like my upside's not gonna you know, coming back, what would he gain? He was already defensive player of the year. So sure. that's part of it too, is the timing. So I guess when you think of it that way, it's not that surprising, but again, yeah, I was a little bit surprised if I was asked this question in January, I would have said, no, they'll just lose Ben Matherin and they'll be really good next year, <laughs> but that's not the way it's turning out. And no. uh, you know, yeah. And I think Terry was a surprise. Honestly, I think even the, you know, I think even the staff from the people I talked to, they thought probably he was probably they were going to get him back, but they knew it could happen. They knew, you know, I was told at one point that it's kind of that slippery slope with a guy like him who has that upside that get into that process. Somebody tells you how great you are. You love, you love being a pro, all the workouts, Mm -hmm. everything's paid for. It's a fun lifestyle. It's easy to fall in love and say, no, I'm going to stick with this. I don't want to go back to school. 
And, uh, you know, and, and, and this is a guy in Dale and Terry who loves school, you know, from all, I mean, maybe not, I, you know, I don't know academically where he is on that, but I know he loves being at Arizona, loves, you know, he, he was, you know, he definitely enjoyed his experience. He said, I think at one point he told somebody he thought the, this last season was the best year he's ever had in basketball. And, and so, you know, so, so, so that's coming from a guy who, who, uh, you know, love being in college and, and yet still wanted to go. So it just tells you how alluring, uh, you know, it can be once you get into that testing phase. Do you think Tommy Lloyd gets a failing grade when it comes to the transfer portal? Well, it's, it's, it's early to say that, but I mean, as of right now, you, you might argue that, you know, I think it's a, it's a fair question to ask certainly, but I think, you know, I, I think with, with Tommy, it's, you just, it, he's unusually, unusually different patient and selective in his process. And I think they were kind of, uh, you know, there were only one thing about him too. This is to his credit that he likes to get guys that fit his system. He prioritizes the guys he has. He only wants to pull in a guy once he's checked them out and they know they can fit chemistry wise, which I think with Justin Kyer last year was a perfect example because here's a guy who came from Georgia, probably you could have seen him demanding to start or wanting big numbers. And yet he turned out, he's a pretty good guy mixed in pretty well. They called him grandpa. He worked, you know, worked well, just fit well, you know, and, and even though, you know, I don't know how much it helped his resume to be here, but he, he you know, I think he had a lot of fun, but you know, a lot of times you get those older transfers, they want to start, they want X amount of shots. They want X amount of minutes. And, you know, they make it pretty clear and that can be tough. So I think, you know, I think that's the thing we don't know behind the scenes, like what's going on there. Some of these transfers may have had these kind of things known about them. And a guy like Tommy Lloyd might have said, I don't want to mess with him. And then the other X factor we don't know about a lot of times is the NIL stuff. And, and a lot of times these transfers are transferring not only to see what kind of playing time they can get, but also what kind of deals they can get, you know, and, and it's possible uh, that they're, that they're, they're, you know, they're struggling in that area too, but it, you know, but, but again, there's still time and, you know, he might pull in, you know, two, two of these pretty good transfers left, you know, and, and at that point you might say, you know, they did pretty well. Bruce of the returning players for next season, which do you think have the chance or maybe are in your opinion are most likely to take a big leap forward, sort of like, like Christian, maybe not as big of a leap forward as Christian Coloco did last season, but a significant, a significant leap forward to maybe like from role player to, to maybe even like all, all pack. 12 possibility well yeah as far as that i mean adama ball was kind of the obvious one we we talked about i mean because I, I think he'll go from from spot minutes to uh either starter or a guy who plays you know 20 minutes in the rotation mm-hmm. but i think as far as that all league possibility i i, I kind of think Pella larson because i think he yeah. could you know he he came on last year you know it's easy to forget he you know broke his foot in august and yeah. came back but he came back right before the season started it really wasn't as himself until probably December into January. And then he got better as the season went on. Also, he's a guy who can play the point and might have to, if they don't, especially if they don't get another point guard. And he plays um, a lot of def- plays defense. He, too. He, got, he, got, he got a lot of minutes thing. late in games for that reason. Right. Right. And that's the other thing. Defensively, he, he guard fours sometimes. And, and that's the thing you saw sometimes where, where Matherin and, and, and especially Tubelis will be, would be pulled as good as they were offensively. Tommy Lloyd would pull them defensively. And sometimes that guy taking the place was Pella Larson. So, you know, I just think he's got a lot going. He was a little under the radar because of the guys around him last year, but I think he can do a lot of things. And, you know, he's going to be a third year player, two years in the league. 
he's, I, I think if he stays, you know, healthy this year, he, he could really be something. Last question for you, Bruce. Um, it's, it's been crickets on the IARP front, at least as far as I know. Um, any update on when we could learn Arizona's fate in terms of the, uh, the, the, the well, level one violations? And, and my second part to that question is, is, do you think there's any chance that maybe some of these potential transfers are concerned that maybe they won't have a chance to play in the NCAA tournament next season because they could get an, an additional postseason ban? Well, that's a, yeah, that's a good question, Shane. I think it like, I don't think it's that much of a concern and that much anymore. Cause everything's, uh, everything's so fluid now. It just seems like, you know, uh, you know, guys that are just staying a year or two in a certain place and they're just, they're coming in to get their minutes. And I think, I think honestly, some, some guys, you know, especially again, if, if you're looking at that grad transfers, trying to get some, you know, NBA cred on his resume, probably the, the number one thing with that player would be, what is my role going to be? Am I going to have a chance to shine? And if he doesn't get play in the postseason, yeah, you know, I don't think it's that big a deal to some of these guys, but, and, and, you know, it, it, uh, you know, it, and I don't think too, that, you know, once you get into November, December, they're probably not going to put anything down for the, the season that you're just starting. It would have to be now or within the next couple of months, you would think. You and think that, that's think a possibility? From, at all? I don't. Well, from what I've heard, it's more likely to be like early fall, late summer, early fall till they hear something. And that could be interesting because if they did decide to give them another year ban, if they came down in September and said that, that, that gets borderline too late. But, mm-hmm. but I don't think the way things, the way, and I, I thought initially that they would get another year on top of the year based on the fact that they, uh, the, the allegations seemed like they were, they were kind of gearing up for a, um, an aggravated level, what they call an a- aggravated level one case, which generally is more than a year. Yeah. Um, but, but I just think the way the winds are blowing with everything NCAA and, and the NIL, you know, I think there's a good chance that they, they won't have another year, at least of a postseason ban. I think they'll get slapped hard in, in recruiting, um, you know, a lot of visits taken away, you know, maybe a three scholarships, two or three taken away. Uh, you know, they'll have to turn back some money, maybe vacate if they decide the year when, uh, you know, they may have to vacate some wins from the years that, uh, you know, players they decided were ineligible as a result of this. But, you know, but all it's just it's the one thing that I just don't know about, though, is the fact that a couple of those allegations are academic related. And that that is something that hasn't changed with NIL academic fraud or, or academic misconduct, if it's proven and, um, you know, still kind of cuts at the fabric of what the NCAA, you know, tries to be. And, and that is something they could, you know, that, that, that they, they could they could come down in Arizona hard for still, but you know, we just don't know. There's so many unknowns and the IRP is not, they've solved one case. And I think they had somebody who said something along the lines of, well, we didn't want to penalize the, the current players. And right. that, that's a new revelation because the NCAA never really bothered that. And if that's true, obviously, if that's true, then almost nobody's going to get anything because all these allegations are four or five years old now. Right. So, yeah. So for that reason too, I also think Arizona probably will be okay, but you just, you never, you never know. There's just, there's, there's so many unknowns with this, this thing and this IRP process and, you know, who's going to be on the, the panel at that day. And it, yeah, who knows, but we should know the good thing is, you know, cro- knocking on wood here, we should have, a, it should all be over by sometime next fall. And then, uh, you know, we can put that chapter behind us. Let us hope. Uh, all all right. Us. Last question for me, Bruce, when we had you on before last season, you were honest and you said, I think Arizona is probably, 
right in the middle of the pack in the Pac-12. And we know, obviously, yeah. they had a good year. And, and we had you on since then. And you said, okay, I owned it and whatnot. All right. As it stands right, now, which it's is early. why I say we're, we're talking about how they're having a bad June. Well, right. It may not matter. They may yeah. be so. Good. So I'm going to ask you again. You know, it's early June. There's a lot, lot that can happen between now and then. What do you see for next year's team as far as the ceiling? Just from your guess, and I know there's a lot that can change. I will not hold you to this. I promise. Yeah. Well, you know, it's always one of those things. Uh, in the tournament, of course, it gets into, you know, you get into matchups and there's luck a little bit sure. sometimes yeah. and this and that. Right. But but I would think that, you know, the ceiling might be similar to Sweet 16 finish like this year. That This year, their ceiling turned out. They made it higher as the season yeah. went on, but they just ran into a bad matchup there with TCU and then Houston. Um, so, but, but yeah, I would think that, you know, they could be a, 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 they should be entering the year as a borderline top 25. And I'm assuming they get at least one more good player. Uh, assuming that, then I think they're borderline top 25 and maybe, you know, get into the tournament and maybe a second weekend team. And then they, and then they, and, he, and then on a Pac 12 front, you know, should be able to get one of those top four seeds. But that, that it's going to be a very, the way it looks right now, it's going to be a very competitive race in the Pac 12. I think at the top, I think there's going to be four, probably four teams right there and they're all going to be very similar. So, you know, but I, but I think that's that's their ceiling. Probably, I'd say you know they they should aim for a you know Pac-12 tournament bye to get a two, three, four seed if they don't win at all, and then uh, you know maybe win a game or two in the tournament. Bruce, as always, we thank you for your honesty, your credibility, and everything in between. You're a great guest, and Shane and I always enjoy having you on. And I'm sure we will talk to you again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. So Shane, after listening to Bruce and his opinion of the Arizona men's basketball team next year, do you think the Wildcats are a tournament team as it stands today? It, I mean, if they don't add anyone else. If uh, their team right now, are they a tournament team? As team? Of no. no, I don't think so. Yes, they are. No, okay. no. Yes. No. But I do agree with Bruce. They're going to get somebody. I mean, somebody's going to want to come oh, yeah. play. Yeah. But the all-European starting lineup, could be amazing and it could be terrible. We just I, I, I will own up to some, since I gave you a hard time about the softball team, I have to own up to one of mine. Cause I said okay. this time last week, I said, by this time next week when we record, I bet you're going to be feeling better about the basketball program. No. I thought they'd get a, a commit, you know, transfer where, and it hasn't happened yet. I still think it will. It hasn't happened yet. And so, you know, the clock keeps ticking. You wonder, and you know, you wonder if, if, if Tommy Lloyd is, be, is being, you know, selective, maybe a little too selective, hoping that right. some guys are going to come on the market or, or trying to court one, one person who decides to go play elsewhere. And then by the time you're done with that person, a bunch of other people have committed and gone too. So um, we'll see. Uh, I It's funny because he added some solid transfers last year and I, you know, there was certainly plenty of room for that. I figured that he would do at least as well in that market this yeah. year. And he still might, still might. Uh, but and my my concern level is still not as high as yours, but it's it's up from maybe like on a scale of one to ten, from like two to five or six at this point. I'm like an eight. Um, That's fine. Just in in full disclosure, Shane and I were going to have another guest on the show. We did the interview, and unfortunately, the technology failed us. And we were we spoke to Maya Naji, yeah. who is the uh, the newest uh, five star uh, commit and and player on Adia Barnes basketball team. And she was a fantastic interview. Yeah. So many great things to say. And I, so I went, so we, we recorded these all on zoom. 
I go to download the, 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 the recording and it stops at 50%. And I just freaking out. And, and, you know, Eric can tell you, I've been pretty upset about, um, and then I, I look for the recording. It just doesn't exist anywhere. So fantastic interview with Maya. We learned so many great things about her. She wants to become a doctor. She yeah. Has a great relationship really with Sam Thomas. She went to high school with Paige Beckers. We talked about that. We are going to have Maya on again before the season starts and we'll be sure that the recording works, but uh, apologies to Maya. apologies to the audience for not having that interview. Uh, we learned a lot about her. Suffice it to say that Waukee fans are going to love Maya Najee on the court next season. Uh, we may, maybe she'll do a, uh, we talked a little bit about this as well. Maybe she'll do a, a, a duet with her brother for the national anthem. He can played, sing. He can play the. Uh, the Zeke the can piano. play the uh, the piano or keyboard, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, he remember but, he did but, that the Red Blue game a couple of years back. So, but yeah. Maya's ultra confident. She loves her game. She said, "I want, I want uh, other teams to game plan of how to stop me, and I want them to build their game plans around me." And I thought, I love that confidence, and that's why I'm so upset we don't have that because wouldn't that have been a great soundbite to play on social media? But whatever. I'm not, I'm, I'm, yes, I am bitter about it, but we will have Maya, Maya on before the season begins if she's willing. Um, and uh, again, our apologies to her and uh, the audience. We're not, not able to share that, that fantastic interview with you. All right. So we have, uh, as a final thing, we don't have any game predictions to make, which is kind of weird. Um, yeah. But we had four first year Arizona coaches in, in, in for crucial sports. Uh, complete their, their first years. We saw the uh, end of the baseball team and the end of the softball team this past week. Uh, Jed Fish, 1-11. Tommy Lloyd, number one seed, Pac-12 champion, uh, regular season and tournament champion, uh, one seed in the tournament, lost in the Sweet 16. You had Caitlin Lowe, disappointing regular season, uh, makes it all the way to Oklahoma City. Chip Hale, good regular season, won a couple of games in the, in the postseason, but didn't go further. Which first-year coach outperformed expectations the most, in your opinion, Shane? I think it's got to be Tommy Lloyd. I'll do respect to Caitlin Lowe. You know, they had a great run. Uh, and Tommy Lloyd's is kind of the opposite. They disappointed in the postseason. Um, but I mean, do we count the Pactual tournament as postseason or not? Is that is that considered regular? I, I mean, I guess. Gray area. I, yeah, okay, fair. A little bit of a gray okay. area. But, yeah. But, I guess, yeah. but okay. despite the, the disappointing ending to the season, what Tommy Lloyd did with that team was was phenomenal. You know, you can't yeah. take that away. You know, the regular season Pac-12 champs against a UCLA team that was a national championship contender, uh, Pac-12 tournament champions, uh, you know, 30 wins in his first year with, with sure. a team that, that was not ranked to start the year. That – was he exceeded expectations. I know it was a disappointing end, but it, he, he has to be uh, the top guy. Uh, as far as the one, the, the other opposite end, as much as we've been praising Jed Fish for his recruiting, it's got to be him just because they, yeah, they were one in 11. Won, won one game, and that was because of a, a COVID play Cal team. So uh, I think, you know, I'm certainly excited about the football team, but I think in, in order from top to bottom, it would have to be just ranking them like power rankings for year one. It would have to be Tommy yeah. Lloyd. Caitlin Lowe, Chip Hale, and Jet Fish in that order. Yeah, I would I would probably agree with that. I mean, I, I'm I know it's the recency bias, but I probably want to say that Caitlin Lowe outperformed her expectations the most in that they got to Oklahoma City. But you're right, you actually convinced me otherwise. Tommy Lloyd won the regular season and Pac-12 tournament. Uh, they were regular season and Pac-12 tournament champions, uh, a number one seed. Nobody would have expected that. So you're no. right, Tommy Lloyd, Caitlin Lowe. Chip Hale and then Jed Fish. Now, if you include Jed Fish's recruiting, I think it's fair to say he outdid Chip Hale. But 
I don't know if we're counting that at this point. Let's rank them this way. How about some futures power rankings? So like maybe you're looking for like the next, say the next two years, how would you rank the rank those head coaches? I mean, and, and, but how are we ranking them, Shane? Are we talking there? How do you think they're going to do? Like in terms of relative, uh, relative to their relative, relative to where, to, let's say relative to where, well, any criteria you want, maybe relative to how they, to where they are now, relative to current expectations. Maybe. Okay. I, I'm going to put Jedfish number one okay, because his, wow. his expectations are the lowest. Okay. That's fair. Uh, that's so fair. I think based on the recruiting, I think if Arizona makes a bowl game, that's right up there. In the I think two when years. You, right. Okay. I think they will in the next two years. Okay. I think for Caitlin Lowe and Tommy Lloyd, you have to, you have to basically either get to a final four for Tommy Lloyd or a championship series for Caitlin Lowe to really outperform those, those current, what they did this year. Right. Sure. Uh, I don't know that I could say that Arizona can do that. Maybe in a couple of years for both. Uh, I think the, the softball team definitely has a chance to go back to Oklahoma city next year. Basketball team might, as Bruce said, might have a little bit of a down year. They, they could be great the year after that. So I would probably go Jed fish, um, uh, Caitlin Lowe, uh, Tommy Lloyd, and I'm I'm not as high on the baseball team. I hope I'm proven wrong, but I'm going to put yeah. Chip Hale fourth. I, I think that's I think that's fair. Well, I'm actually I'm optimistic about all of them. You know, and this okay. is coming from a, a naturally pessimistic. Yeah, you, you well, you are. Yeah. Well, yeah. most people prefer the term pessimist. I prefer the, the more accurate term realist. But that's okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm an Arizona mm-hmm. sports fan, not just the Wildcats, but the okay. state of Arizona yeah. outside uh-huh. of Vegas. Of course. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. All, right. All, right. all right. All right. You're tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of talking. Mm-hmm. About it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as ranking the programs, those four in particular. Uh, as far as how they're going to do the next couple of years. Yeah. I think it gets cloudier. I, I think men's basketball and softball are probably going to be one and one a, and then baseball and football are going to be somewhere, in, somewhere below that, even though I, I think both teams are going to do well, but as relative to expectations, I think that's fair. I think certainly, you know, when Jeff Fish has talked about, it, it's easier to go from one and 11 to six and six than it is from six and six to 11 and one. I, it's not going to be easy, but I think that Arizona is certain, absolutely should at least be a 500 team by year three. And I think they're very well on track to do that and maybe even uh, get beyond that. After that, uh, you know, the, the expectations of the men's basketball team are very high. Yep. Uh, so that's going to be tough to duplicate. I, I think that Caitlin Lowe is very well positioned to make Arizona a perennial college world series team. Like I agree. Mike Andrea had this program for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the baseball program, I could see more in the area of kind of what they did this year. You know, maybe every so often yeah. they they're you know they get to they they're a top eight team when they get to the college world series, but I but more and you know what I don't think that's an unfair expectation for the baseball team. No, but I, I just don't see the ceiling for the baseball team like it was under uh, Jay Johnson. I think Jay was yeah. a really good recruiter. Yeah, I don't. I still don't know how good a recruiter Chip Hale is. Yeah, the jury's still out for sure. Yeah, I, I'm just yeah. willing to give him a chance, and I think just the fact. Yeah, we've seen alums do very well. I'm not someone who thinks you have to have an alum as a coach, uh, but certainly he loves the job. I remember the interview I had with him before the season started. He's like, this is my, you know, my final destination as far as I'm concerned. He wants to be here. He loves the university. He loves the city of Tucson. I think that matters. You still have to have great assistants who can recruit. Sure. Um, but I think that that's step one. And I think that, that he's well positioned to at least have Arizona as toward the top half of the PAC 12 and uh, a, a postseason team every year going forward. And, and if he doesn't meet those expectations, and for, then frankly, Arizona should go another direction. Well, it's been a fun show. Thanks to Bruce Pasco for joining us. Thanks to Maya Naji, even though unfortunately- Thank you, Maya. Sorry, will, Maya. We'll not be able to listen to that interview this time, but we hope, as Shane said, to have her on yeah. another time. So 
Uh, no predictions on tap this week or for the next, I don't know, eight to 12 weeks. But at some point, we'll get there and a lot of great uh, Arizona conversation coming up in the coming weeks. So for Shane Dale, I am Eric Cohen. As always, bear down. Bear down.